This is episode 41 of the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast with Anita Swanson. You know, a lot of people look to the U.S. for being the front runner. Maybe that's the word for it. Like on the the person to look to for music therapy, <laughs> you know, and we do have lots of good things going on in the U.S., um, but there's lots of good things going on throughout the world. You know, really, there's a ton of stuff going on in Europe, there's a ton of stuff going on in Australia, there's a ton of stuff going on in India, uh, and many other countries that I'm not mentioning currently because it would take me a long time, but there's lots of stuff happening all over the world. So it's not just look to the U.S., but look many other places. You're listening to the Music Therapy Chronicles, a podcast about music therapy from a variety of perspectives. Our ambition is to inspire and connect listeners through meaningful conversations, just like a music therapy conference you can listen to anywhere. My name is Trisha Coyote, and I am a board-certified music therapist from the New England region. If you like what you hear, join our group on Facebook and share your own insights and thoughts about the episodes. You can also connect with us on social media and online at Music Therapy Chronicles. Welcome back to the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast. In today's episode, we have my conversation with Anita Swanson, who has lots of experience with private practice and being a director of music therapy programs at a couple different colleges. But today, we really dive into her experiences as um, a member of the World Federation of Music Therapy uh, in organization in which she has served in various capacities, but she's currently the secretary. So she shares with us all the amazing things that are going on with the World Federation, resources they have on their website that you can find and check out, and just lots of exciting stuff that's going on globally that maybe you know about, but I certainly didn't. So it was really great to learn about these things in this conversation. If you are enjoying this episode, please let us know by leaving a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. At the end of this episode, I'm going to read a review from Facebook. Uh, You can find us on Facebook at Music Therapy Chronicles. We're also on Instagram at Music Therapy Chronicles. And you can join our group on Facebook to continue the conversation about these episodes, ask your own questions, connect with other listeners, all that good stuff. If you or someone you know is interested in being on the podcast, please send an email to feedback at musictherapychronicles.com. And if there's someone you want me to reach out to, then you can also let me know. I would love to have more conversations that you guys are specifically looking for. So please reach out. Um, Don't be intimidated. And I look forward to hearing from you. So without further ado, let's get into this episode with Anita Swanson. Welcome to the Music Therapy Chronicles. Thank you. How are you today? Doing pretty good. Good. Awesome. So to start us off, can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself outside of music therapy? Outside of music therapy. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, well, I love to go hiking. 
and I love to do yoga. Those are my two main loves outside of music, um, just being outside and in the sunshine. Uh, so that's that's pretty much it, because, you know, if you're a music therapist, music kind of runs your life most of the time. So, <laughs> but I love, oh, you know what? I also love playing board games. So I love being with friends and family. Awesome. Board games. Do you have a favorite board game? Not at the moment. It tends to fluctuate. Although if you haven't played Uno Attack, that's not technically a board game, but it is super fun because it's like Uno, but it shoots the cards out at you. So it has a big element of surprise. So <laughs> I like that. It's kind of like, um, <laughs> I was thinking element of surprise, that game that pies you in the face or whatever. Oh yeah, it's kind of like that. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> a little less messy, maybe. Right. <laughs> Can you walk the listeners through your music therapy journey, how you found out about music therapy and some stops you've made along the way to where you are now? Sure. It's kind of uh, circuitous, I guess I would say. Um, originally, when I was in high school and you were thinking about what you're going to do with your life and all of that, uh, I had looked at becoming a pharmacist because um, I hadn't heard about music therapy, but I knew that I wanted to help people. And I was kind of on that track of, you know, taking lots of science and math and all of those kinds of things. Um, and then one day I was in my high school library and I ran across an article about music therapy. And then I was like, wow, that's it. And then I looked it up. And of course, at that time, it was harder because we didn't have the wonderful ease of finding all the information on the Internet. You know, <laughs> so I think I probably actually had to uh, write to AMTA, I think, and find out like where their schools were at and all of that. Um, and then I picked a school. Um, basically because I wanted to go someplace that I hadn't lived before and also that was warm. And so that's kind of where, I, you know, not really good reasons for how you're in Picker School, but that's what I did. So, <laughs> uh, and I did my undergrad and then I started, I went into mental health is what I thought I was going to do. So that's where I did my internship at a state hospital and I learned a lot there, um, doing that. But I also learned that I did, during that time, I didn't want to work for the state, um, so I ended up going into private practice right away, uh, which turned out to be really fantastic. I got to meet a lot of some wonderful people, and it was really successful, and I helped a lot of families and children. And then I ended up working with kids, which is something in undergrad I never, like I was like the only person in the class who didn't want to work with children. So, but I turned out really liking it. And then just, it just happened that where I lived, there was a high incidence of autism. And so that became like my main population that I worked with. And then I ended up doing like lots of workshops and continuing to add things for other professionals and teachers. And it really became like my niche, um, for a while. And at that time I was still in the generation where people were like, Oh, you don't make money as a music therapist. You just do it because you like it. <laughs> um, but I made a lot of money. And so, so then I became like trying to help other music therapists realize their value and that, you know, nobody values you unless you value yourself. Um, and did all that for a while. I ended up going back and get my master's. And um, and then I knew, I was like, there's so many people to help, but I'm the only person that I can't help all these people by myself. And so it was one of the reasons for me going to get my doctorate um, so that I could teach others and help create other music therapists. Um, not create them, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> develop, develop their skills so they could be successful in helping others. Um, so that, so then I was a teacher, a professor, um, and because of my other life, it kind of took me around the country. So I've taught at three different schools, um, one in Pennsylvania, as you know, at Marywood University. And then I went to the University of North Dakota and tried to help them after their program had stopped, um, taking on students. 
I thought that my, you know, if anybody could do it, that, that I might be able to be helpful because of my skills in uh, my work with the World Federation, which is something we're going to talk about today. Like we're talking to lots of different people and all of that. Um, and then from there, South Carolina, and I got to go hiking in the mountains every weekend, and it was awesome. <laughs> and now, hopefully, my last move for a while, um, I'm in Austin, Texas, and I'm practicing again. And that's been really great because when you're a professor, you kind of um, you don't get to practice a whole lot because you're busy being a professor. So. When I did, I got to practice a little bit. I would always have like one or two clients, but it's really hard to juggle all of that um, with research and survey business and all of that. So I was really excited that when I started practicing again now, I was like, oh, I can still do it and I'm still good at it. And that's good. So right now I'm working with mental health and hospice and children whose parents are, are children who are affected by parental incarceration. Those are my main topics. And I also have one person who has autism, which I really enjoy seeing, of course. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's kind of, that's what I've been doing lately. <laughs> wow. That's such like, um, a, a wonderful trajectory and how it's brought you back full circle and you're <laughs> in that mental health again, but also in you working with these kids and in a way you are kind of one of their preventative therapies. So hopefully in the future, as they grow up, they won't end up in a more intense mental health setting. Right. Yeah. Especially when I go work with the kids whose um, parents are in jail. Um, some of them are actually are also homeless or they've seen their family be deported. And so that's if they mean three major traumas, something. and that's really, you know, it's very intense work. Um, but I like how you put that, that hopefully we're going to keep them out of the cycle. Yeah. So, so when yeah. you're dealing with those really intense situations and families and with the kids, how do you help regulate yourself? How do you take care of yourself to make sure you're always, you have your cup full every day when you're going to go into these tough situations? Yeah, that's a really good question. Cause at the end of those days, it was like depleted. <laughs> um, yeah, it's exhausting work um, on all aspects mentally emotionally physically because you know they're like not like they sit still you know <laughs> they're going after everything that could potentially be cause a problem <clears throat> which in this case since I'm going into the schools I don't have control over the space mm -hmm. you know and I have to deal with whatever space is given to me so for me I do I try to do a lot of journaling and I take my journal with me in the car uh, so that I can just write if I need to in between sessions um, and I don't actually write about, I mean, I don't write about the kids or what I'm doing, but I just write about myself, you know, and how I feel. And then that way, for me, like the writing process is really helpful, more so even than typing. So it's just, and a lot of times I can't even read my own writing because I don't write very much anymore, you know, because I type everything. But it's a process of getting it out, uh, especially when you can't, you know, like talk to somebody about it. Um, and then I also do, of course, yoga, which I love, and meditation. And I've tried, I need to do a better doing meditation every day, but, <laughs> but when I do do it, um, it's really helpful. Cause I think just like, there's so much stuff happening in all those sessions and my brain is going in about 5 million directions at once, you know? So then to sit without anything is really, really helpful and to be in silence. And so, but yeah, self-care is definitely needed because otherwise you would not make it very long. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
my freshman year at Marywood, I was like one of my first classes with you and you mentioned the word self-care and that was the first time I had ever heard that term before in my life. Yeah. (laughs) Now it's like this big thing. It's a whole market, you know, there's millions and millions of dollars into the self-care. But back then I was like, what does that even mean? Like, I don't, what, what? I was just a martyr. Let's be honest, you know, (laughs) I didn't know what self-care was. So those, um, yeah, yeah, I, I align with those practices as well for, for getting through the days and the weeks that are tough. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard, it's easy to overlook it, you know, but then you're, you're right. And there's nothing left for you. Um, and I think we're, especially as music therapists, we're vulnerable to not taking self-care because we're so used to giving so much of ourselves to others. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can do so much of a better job for others if you take care of yourself. So, yeah. Yeah. That's definitely one of the perks of self-care becoming more mainstream is more people are, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They're adhering to that idea that you have to fill up your own cup first in order to give to others. Right. Yeah. I think sometimes we think it's selfish, but really it's not. Um, Because if you don't, then you're not going to have anything left. So, but yeah, I do like that it's more mainstream. So people don't look at you weird when you talk about it. So, yeah. (laughs) But yeah. (laughs) So, this is kind of similar. You said you took some time helping other music therapists acknowledge their value. Uh, to make money and to know their worth. And in my brain, that kind of goes along with self-care because in order to take care of yourself, you need to be able to support yourself financially. So were there any big mindset shifts you had to help people through or big topics that you covered in order to convince other music therapists that they are worth um, more than maybe they were asking for? Uh, Well, one, I think it's modeling it. Um, you know, it's not, obviously I was not a person who went into music therapy to make a lot of money because mm-hmm. I was still in the thing where, you know, it's kind of like a teacher's term. Teachers don't make a lot of money. Um, it's not why you go into it. You go in into it to help other people. But so modeling that you can, I think that's one thing. And that was actually, cause like my undergrad professors, um, not, not my music therapy professor, but the other people, like the music, straight music folks or music ed people, they like saw my success and then they were like encouraging to other music therapy students where in the past they weren't, you know, they were maybe even wanting to say like, well, why don't you want to meet again? It's more secure. Uh, you know, <laughs> all of those things. And they were doing it in a loving way because they wanted to see, make sure their students had jobs. But you know, that's not the case. Then when they saw my success, they were like, Oh, you can make money in this field. You can be financially stable. Um, so I think that's one way. Another way for me, uh, there was a music, I used to live in like a Dallas suburb of Texas and that's where I had my private practice mostly. And there was a music therapist named who's Kathleen Coleman. I'm sure you probably have heard of her. <laughs> and she actually is the person who sent me this quote. She didn't really send it to me. We had like a little listserv, you know, when the internet was starting to become popular. Um, we had this listserv of music therapists in the area and she sent a quote that said, to the effect of, if you don't put value on yourself, nobody else will. Or, you know, people only value as much as you value yourself. And that really has resonated with me um, when I look at it. Because it's really, I think for a lot of people, or at least for myself, it is kind of hard to say, well, this is how much I charge. You know, if people ask you, it's like, oh, is that okay? Like, you know. (laughs) Um, But most of the time, when you say it confidently, I've never had anybody question me. You know, that's what it is. And a lot of times people are willing to play more than that. Um, so I think just opening yourself up to it 
and I think for as far as me helping other people, uh, maybe perhaps just that I can say that, that as music therapists, you know, we always want to help others. We're always thinking about other people, but we need to be in a place that we can do that and not be worrying about how we're going to pay our rent, you know? So, because if you're worrying about how you're going to pay your rent, then you're not fully present in your session, most likely, mm-hmm. even though you think you are. But <laughs> so again, it's kind of like self-care, I guess. Yeah. It's you have to take care of yourself first uh, in order to do that. Totally, so. totally, totally. So let's shift gears. Tell us about how you got involved with the World Federation of Music Therapy. Okay. I don't exactly know the answer to that question. Um, (laughs) I do know that I've always loved going other places. I've loved traveling and I love meeting people from other cultures and learning about their culture and about their life um, and seeing how similar people are throughout the world. You know, we all want the same basic things. We all want safety. We all want security. We all want love. We all want family and friends and to make an impact on the world. Um, And so I met Petra Kern I'm sure you've heard of her too. <laughs> she currently lives in California. Uh, and she has, she was the president of the World Federation at one time. And she did a lot of work as far as really um, helping it. Well, she did, a, she really made a big change for it. She put a lot, she worked really hard on the website and just kind of made it transition more into what technology and everybody is, you know, everybody's so focused on technology today. And she was always at AMTA promoting um, the World Federation. And so that really helped because I can explain the difference between AMTA and World Federation in a second. But So I think she was really my person that I learned more about it from. And then um, I first became a regional liaison basically because I had told her that I would like to be, be involved in this. And then uh, the president gets to appoint people. And I'm sure there are other people that also said, that they wanted to be involved <laughs> at that time. But it was kind of right. I was doing my doctorate at that time. And so it was just a really nice thing to get into at the moment, I guess. I mean, maybe they stuck to me because I was younger then, not now, but <laughs> then I was younger uh, and had some different perspectives on life and had done some different things to me music therapy wise. But so I became a regional liaison and I did that for two terms. And each term is three years. And the region, I was, of course, the regional liaison for North America. And North America uh, is essentially just the U.S. and Canada because they divide their region as according to the World Health Organization. Yes. I think so, yeah. Um, divisions of the countries. So, like, Mexico, even though we think it's in North America, technically falls into a different category. So, so I was regional liaison, and then... At the end of my second term, the public relations commissioner stepped down because she had some other family commitments. And since there was just a year left in her term, then they told me to take that on too. And so I did that, which was really fun because then I got to do all the social media things for them. And I like doing that. I like connecting with people uh, across the world. And so that was fun. I still do the Instagram account for the World Federation that now public relations person does everything else. We kind of work together in posting stuff online on the website, on Facebook, on Twitter. I do Instagram. We have a YouTube channel and then also a LinkedIn page group. Yeah, LinkedIn group. Um, 
so I did that. And then now I am the secretary and my term for secretary will end at the next world Congress. And so being secretary, I knew it was going to be a lot of work. And so actually they asked me to run for secretary slash treasurer. And I said, no, wow. <laughs> I, uh, I don't, I don't want to do that. So then I had to find some people that would potentially run to be treasurer. And thankfully I found someone. So, um, I'm just doing secretary, which in itself is a great deal of, of work, um, for the organization, but it also connects me with many people I went to met before because I'm the main contact for the organization. So every day I get emails from all across the world asking about music therapy in one way or another. So, so that's fun to talk with people. And a lot of times, thankfully, I have Google Translate because even though the World Federation's <laughs> official language is English, many people don't speak English. So I use Google Translate a lot. Yeah. Oh, that's Thank you, so Google. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Technology, right? Such, we're, we're alive at a yeah. very, very um, convenient time, the age of convenience. Yes, that is definitely true, which allows us to be so close to each other, you know. I mean, in so many different time zones, so. Yeah, well, and even just like interviews like this, but also that you get to talk to people every day, like you said, from around the world. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, it's interesting um, talking to people because, you know, I talk so much to them online. And so then when I do, like about every weekend, I communicate with someone from a different country. And it's, you know, by Skype or um, some other video call, and it's fun because then I forget that they have an accent, you know, and I'm like, oh, that's right. You're from that country. Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. otherwise it seems like they're just, you know, down the street, but they're not. <laughs> so. That's so cool. So how have those interactions and your other experiences informed your own practice and your view of music therapy with a more global perspective? Um, well, I think the first way is, you know, a lot of people look to the U.S. for being the front runner. Maybe that's the word for it. Like on the the person to look to for music therapy, <laughs> you know, and we do have lots of good things going on in the U.S. Um, but there's lots of good things going on throughout the world. You know, really, there's a ton of stuff going on in Europe. There's a ton of stuff going on in Australia. There's a ton of stuff going on in India. Uh, and many other countries that I'm not mentioning currently because it would take me a long time. But there's lots of stuff happening all over the world. So it's not just look to the U.S., but look many other places. And especially if you're like we help countries develop music therapy. So we help them set up education programs and clinical training and all of that. I mean, when they ask us, you know, we don't force it on them. Um, but then it's also easier for us to say, OK, what you're doing with these issues, such as um, – Perhaps their country already has like a healing background with music where their their culture is to use music as a healing practice. I'm like, oh, and that's somehow inhibiting them from getting government recognition because the government says, well, we already do this. Why do you need to have music therapists as a profession? Um, so then I can say, oh, you need to connect with these folks in India because in India they have the same thing um, where they have come from a very deep healing culture of using music to heal. And so that's really helpful. Um, and knowing that we don't have all the answers in the U.S., but folks in the U.S. can learn from different cultures. And then that helps our own practice in the U.S. because so many, you know, there's so many multicultural places within the U.S. that she might have a client from a different culture. And then you'll be able to help them more by knowing some of these other things that are happening around the world. So I think that's the biggest thing. Um, and then I guess also knowing that we can 
work together so much. I mean, since technology is so accessible, we can run research studies in multiple countries. And then by having that happen, it can really show that music therapy is beneficial because it's not just limited to Caucasians living in North America, you know, so it can show that has a much bigger breadth than that. So, yeah, yeah, (laughs) that's really cool. Um, How can I'll link all the, the social media and stuff you mentioned, but how can the listeners get involved and find out more about these other things that you're talking about. So other things that are going on in other countries and maybe resources to look at when they have a client from a certain place and they want some ideas from that country. Uh, Our website, which is www.wfmt.info, I-N-F-O. There is so much information on there. It is overwhelming the amount of information is on there. And so if you're looking for something specific, you can send me an email, uh, secretary at wfmt.info, and I can direct you to where that is on the website um, to help you find it. But one thing in particular, we have a database of songs from different countries. And my favorite is the lullabies. Um, Do you think we use lullabies a lot for kids, but lullabies can also be really helpful with people who've experienced a lot of trauma. You know, everybody wants to be comforted and feel safe. And lullabies naturally do that. And so there is a, you can listen to the lullaby online. You can just go to the different country or whatever and find it. Um, But there's also things like folk songs and there's four different categories of that, of different types of songs. And you can also contribute your own song. So if you're from a different culture and you don't see it listed on there, we'd be happy to take it and put it up there for everyone else. Um, so that's one thing. Um, you can also, each regional liaison writes a blog. And so they're telling us about things that are happening in their, con- in their regions. Um, and that's updated pretty frequently. That's on our website. If you're a member of an individual member, then you get a monthly buzz, which just has different information, either about what the World Federation is doing or what's happening you know, around the world in music therapy. So it's kind of like a little newsletter um, that will come to your inbox every day. So those are the biggest things. But we also put a, we, there's so much stuff on the website. We're, our other main channel of posting is our Facebook page. So that's, you know where you can get a lot of information and you can also connect with other people from the world. I get a lot of requests as, you know, like I'm traveling to this country and I'd love to meet a music therapist there or something. (laughs) So I get a lot of those requests and then I connect them with people in that country to do that. Or, you know, I'm searching for this kind of a research, who's doing that? Um, And then I can help do that too. So yeah, I would go to our website or Facebook page. And if you don't find what you're looking for there, then you can email me and I'll help you find it. That's so cool. Are there any other, um, because I didn't know about the lullabies or any of that stuff. So are there any other things that really stick out in your brain that uh, people look for often or just other specific searches to do on the website? There's a big thing for students. And so if you're a student, uh, you know, either whatever kind of student you are, (laughs) undergrad, master's, doctorate, whatever, um, we have a section devoted exclusively for students. And of course, professionals can read this too. the same kind of thing where it's like a blog where people share about their different experiences. Uh, students write from all different parts of the country. Cause we also have a student representative from every part of, part of the world. Um, and then we have for students a connect, like if you wanted a pen pal 
I realize people may not know what the word pen pal <laughs> is anymore, but it used to be that you could like write letters <laughs> and you would send them to people and that'd be your pen pal. Um, but now we do that online. And so um, if you want to be connected with another student in a different part of the world, then we can do that. And then you can have like a pen pal. I guess we need to make a new word for that. Email pal um, just doesn't sound as cool. No, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'll think about that. <laughs> Yeah. So that's pretty fun. Um, I like that. And then of course, right now we're gearing up for World Music Therapy Day, which is March 1st, <sighs> about a week away. Oh yeah, it's a week. Um, <laughs> and there's a lots of information on there. <laughs> yeah. So on March 1st, my eyes will be very tired because I'll be looking at the computer all day. Um, because of course, March 1st starts, you know, in Australia, March 1st starts many out like 16 hours before us you know so march 1st is a long day for me as i do all the world music therapy day stuff but there is now and throughout the year if you go to the world music therapy day page on there there's a flag for the different countries you can click on the country and then it takes you to like their association and you can learn about music therapy in their country so that's cool and then if you speak a different language other than English, you can also download all the promotional materials for the World Music Therapy Day in different languages, too. Oh, which also brings me to, there's so much information. I could just talk forever about that. But <laughs> there's also information cards about what is music therapy in different languages. And so that's helpful. Like, say you're working in a hospital in a large city that has lots of different cultures coming in and speak people speaking different languages and maybe they're recommending music therapy, but the family doesn't understand what it is. You can just give them one of these cars and it's in their own language explaining what it is. So, yeah. Awesome. I love all those. Okay. So hopefully, <laughs> um, if you didn't hear something you think you want, it's probably on that website with all the other stuff <laughs> you've is. gone There's over. So That's awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. So what are some of your favorite experiences that you've had since being involved with the World Federation? Meeting other people is definitely my favorite experience overall. <laughs> um, I like, I mean, to me, relationships are the most important thing in the world. I, that hurts true for my therapy, too. Um, I focus a lot on the relationship. And so having friends from different parts of the world is really exciting for me. I love like talking to them and learning about their life and hearing what they, you know, and it's like whenever I, we just had a call on Tuesday, you know, and it was like two o'clock my time. And then it was, you know, like 10 PM, somebody else's time. And it's always like, Oh, well have a good, whatever part of your day it is, you know, when you're ending, because everyone's at a different time. Um, but it's just really fun to meet other people. And of course, I love traveling to different people places. And so the World Congresses that the World Federation has every three years has taken me to different parts of the world. And this summer, I'll be going to South Africa, which will be, I've never been to Africa before. I've been invited to go to Africa. <laughs> and at the time, I had to say no. So this will be my first time to go to that different continent. And so that's going to be really exciting. And then, I'll, of course, I'll meet other people there. But just seeing how music therapy works in different cultures, there's so many similarities. Of course, there's differences depending on the culture. But for me, I see that a lot of times we're doing the same thing, you know, with slight variations. And that also comes in contact when we're talking about different theoretical orientations. I remember I was at a conference in Canada one time. I think it was a cancer care conference. 
And I was listening to this person talk about her. You might have heard this story in one of my classes. Sorry. <laughs> um, I was listening to about her tell about her session with this child who had cancer. And she was saying it from a psychodynamic perspective. And I thought, hmm, if you just take out all these psychodynamic words, she's essentially doing the same interventions that I do. And she's coming out with the same outcomes that I do, even though I treat from a client-centered perspective. Um, but she just looks at it through a different lens. She's looking at it through the psychodynamic lens, you know, as opposed to the lens that I'm looking at it through. Of course, there are different things, but essentially the essence of what she was doing was the same. And so I can also see that in different cultures. Uh, we might talk about it different ways. We might use different instruments. We might do slightly different things, but really we're doing the same thing. We're using music to get these results or, you know, improve this person's life. So, so that's really exciting. And I think it also in learning about that, then it can help me be more creative in my own practice because it's like, Oh, I, I saw this in Africa. Okay. I don't have access to that drum that may make in this really tiny village, but I can do, of course not appropriating what they're doing, but I can do that same idea and I can transform it into what would that look like in the setting that I'm doing, you know? So that's fun. It makes you feel refueled, I think. It makes you feel, like I said, more creative. Um, yeah, it makes it more fun, you know? Like if you have to sing, I just experienced this example, but for one of my clients a long time ago, I had to sing Old MacDonald every single session for a really long time because <laughs> he was going through some stuff and that song gave him comfort. Um, but, you know, it's not very much fun after you sing it 25 times for me. So, like, how can – and if I'm not having fun, then that's portraying to the client. So how can I make it fun for me too, you know? Um, that way my energy is always positive. And so by bringing in these different ideas I'm getting from other people and adapting them – then it's fun for me too. So, yeah. Awesome. So you mentioned World Music Therapy Day and uh, the next conference in South Africa, which is this summer. Are there any other upcoming exciting things coming out of the World Federation and, that we should keep an eye out for? Uh, well, this is not upcoming. It just happened. But if you're in, <laughs> if you're in working with trauma work, we just had a journal that was focused exclusively on trauma. And so I know that there's not a ton of literature out there. And so that's a really great resource. And our journal is free on our website. So anybody, whether you're a member or not, can access it. It's called Music Therapy Today. And so that recently was posted um, with all the experts from around the world looking at trauma. Um, and if you can make it to South Africa, that would be awesome because it's going to be a really cool experience. In three years, the next World Congress will be in Australia. So if you've always wanted to go to Australia, that's something to look at. And to keep in mind that we do offer scholarships um, that pay the registration fee. So you still have to pay your travel, of course. Um, but we offer typically 10 scholarships for professionals and 10 scholarships for students. And so that can be something to look for, and we post the information for that about two years before the World Congress. So the next scholarship posting will be 2021 for the 2023 Congress. And then in 2026, we'll have another World Congress. And I can't tell you where it's going to be yet because we haven't decided. <laughs> <laughs> but we have really good bids. I mean, all the places that have put in to host, I'm gonna, I was like, oh, I want to go there. That would be super fun. Yeah. So... 
at this Congress, we'll decide where the 2026 one will be. Awesome. Yeah. We'll stay posted fun. for that. I was That's hoping right. we'd get an exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to be able to tell you. I know, but I can't, I can not tell very many people. So. That's totally fine. That's totally fine. So awesome. Yeah. So I'll, I'll link all that stuff, the journal and the scholarship and uh, all the other conference information for people to find. Okay. Thank you. That would be good. Is there anything else you want to tell us about the World Federation and what you guys are doing and other things you've been involved in? I guess I should explain the membership thing a little bit because that's always confusing. So the World Federation is the global music therapy organization. And so it's like the umbrella for all other organizations. So if you are in the United States and you're a member of AMTA, the American Music Therapy Association, AMTA is a member of the World Federation. So technically you're a member of the World Federation if you're a member of AMTA. Um, but we rely on them to get the information out, which sometimes can be challenging since there's so many AMTA members. You know? <laughs> uh, so you can also become an individual member and an individual membership is only $90 for a three year term. So essentially for a professional, it's only $30 a year. And then you get that monthly buzz I was talking about uh, every month and you get um, reduced registration at the World Congress and lots of other things, which I can point you to the membership benefits thing on listed on our website, of course. Um, so, <clears throat> but that's a little bit confusing. So if you're a month, if you're an individual member, I think you'll feel more connected to the world than you would if you are a member of a big organization. And you think, why do you do that? Well, since countries that don't have, okay, sorry, countries that are developing in their music therapy practice and training, they may not have an association such as AMTA, and but they still want to be part of an organization, and so that's why that's why the individual membership started. Um, I think makes sense that way at least <laughs> because they don't they can't be a member of an organization because they don't have one, and so then they become a member of us, and then we can help them develop, you know, into an organization if they want to or whatever they want to do. But so there's lots of different options there. Or if we also have members that are not music therapists, but they support music therapy. And so then they can be a member and receive some of those benefits too. Um, but yeah, I think the most exciting thing coming up is the Royal Music Therapy Day. And that will happen every year on March 1st. It's a great day. We created it to celebrate music therapy. But it's also a great day to tell other people about music therapy. Because you don't have to be like, oh, let me tell you about music therapy. There's already a day, an international day created for it. And so <laughs> it gives you an opportunity to tell people about it. Um, and it's fun to watch what everybody's doing online. So we use the hashtag World Music Therapy Day, which I know is kind of long, um, but <laughs> it gives you know the information. I've also been told that younger people are not using hashtags anymore. I don't know if that's true. News to me. Have... Okay, good. <laughs> some people had said that and I was like, whoa, okay. Um, but we use the hashtag so we can track uh, obviously the conversation about World Music Therapy Day, but it also tells us how many people are participating in it. So even if your language is not English, we would appreciate if you would use the English version of World Music Therapy Day so that we can track the hashtag use. Um, but yeah, so some people host like symposiums on that day. Other people just like put a flyer up saying 
you know, I'm a music therapist and this is what's happening. But it's a kind of a great day to get recognition for yourself. If you're kind of, if you'd like that from your job, <laughs> you know, tell your employer about it. It's another good day to say why you're so valuable and important to them. And then it's fun to watch online everybody's posts. My favorite thing is to watch when companies post about their music therapists. And, you know, I think most of them are doing, I don't think their music therapist is telling them, but they just recognize, oh, my music therapist is really essential to my country, my company, and here's a great day to celebrate this person, you know, or this profession. So that's really fun to see, you know, employers doing that. So I like that. I think that ties back nicely to when we were talking about value and self-care and here's your excuse to celebrate what you're doing and, um, I don't want to say stick up for yourself because that's totally not the vibe I'm going for, but to, to be <laughs> acknowledged for all the awesome stuff you're doing. And this is your, your ticket to take that opportunity. So yeah, that's awesome. It's really fun. I know we also, one year we did a song contest right now. We have a photo contest uh, because we want people to be able to, you know, retweet. If you don't feel like making content yourself, it's essentially an online thing, but you can do stuff in real, in real life. That's not online. Um, <laughs> Uh, but you know, retweet and share things that other people have posted, even if you don't create something on your own. Um, and so we had a song contest and then when we were at the world Congress in Japan, everyone, we all sang it together. And that was really a special moment. Like I have like 2000 music therapists singing this song about music therapy, you know, it's really, it's really cool. Awesome. How do you, we get involved with the photo contest? The photo contest, um, Send a picture about music therapy. <laughs> All the information's online to Western Pacific at wfmt.info. And you can the easier way, even if you want to do, if you don't want to do that, if you don't want to take a photo, because you can't have any clients in it, um, you can go vote on the photos that are posted on our Facebook group. So you can share your support for photos that you like on our Facebook group, and then we will use those photos. The top, I think we use the top three photos on World Music Therapy Day as like our promotional things. So, awesome. yeah. Yeah. Cool. I'll, uh, I'll link all that stuff for everyone and I'll, I'll release this episode earlier than I initially planned to so that it's ready for all this stuff coming up in a week. So this is good timing. Okay. Thanks. I know. I was like, oh my gosh, that's a lot to get done before. <laughs> all good. It's all good. Awesome. Go. Anything else you want to share? I'm really, really intrigued by all of this. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I know I could talk about that forever because it's so much fun. Um, but I think, you know, you know, maybe even if you're not a person who likes to travel, because that's probably one of the big things that attracts a global perspective on things. But if you just feel not connected as much, then that would be a good way to reach out. Because if you think about if you're a music therapist in, say, a rural part of North America, particularly, you might be the only one for hundreds of miles. Um, but there's also people in India that are the only one for hundreds of miles or the Eastern Mediterranean, particularly, um, there's countries in the Eastern Mediterranean that only have one music therapist. So in a sense, essence, you have very similar lives, you know, <laughs> and we could connect you and then you could have someone else to talk to. So I think, you know, and that would be refueling your cup and feeling like you're making a difference in the world and somebody else is too. Somebody else understands what you're going through, even though through a different culture, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Awesome. So <laughs> anything else you want to go over before we move into rapid fire questions? 
No, I think that's good. <laughs> yeah. Let me let me not open up something else. So. Oh, you totally can. I, I am so intrigued. Uh, There's so much awesome stuff going on that I didn't even know about. Yeah. There is. Yeah. I just think if you're, you have any interest, just, you know, look online or contact me and I can help you find what you want. Cause there's a ton of information out there. So. Awesome. Yeah. I'll, I'll link all the things you mentioned and um, I'll have your email too. So maybe you'll get a lot of, a lot of emails in the next week on top of everything <laughs> that was going to be coming through anyway for the, the celebration on March 1st. <laughs> right. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> and thank you. But thank you genuinely for um, everything you're doing as the secretary to, to field all that and help connect people and be involved. And that's a lot of work. So thank you for doing that for our profession. You're welcome. Thank you. It is a lot of work. That is fun. So. Good. Yeah, you sound really energized by it. It's like really excited about what you're doing. And that's that's so great to be able to have a conversation with someone when they are so passionate about what they're being involved in right now. Thank you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> truth. Totally the truth. righty. The first rapid fire question is coffee or tea? Ooh, coffee in the morning, tea in the afternoon. Good for you. <laughs> early bird or night owl early bird that's probably helpful when you have those days where you have to be up at weird hours for all the other countries yeah that is definitely true especially australia they they are often up at 3 a.m for us so <laughs> wow. wow something you would tell your younger self Ooh. wow <laughs> that's a hard one um, I think it, I would tell my younger self, it's going to be okay. I think like I've always, I've had a very successful life. And so that may seem kind of strange, but you know, like when I went to music therapy, I didn't know any other music therapists. And thankfully I had parents that supported what I do. They don't question me or, um, you know, try to get me to change my mind. <laughs> um, and so that, of course, was helpful. But then just like taking these risks, um, especially this last move across the country when I moved and I didn't have a job and I gave up being a professor, it's going to be okay. Um, so I think, you know, like we have all the resources within us. We just need to be able to access them and be open to accessing them. So. Well said. <laughs> Your music therapy elevator speech. Oh, I even taught you about this. Wow. <laughs> the tables have turned. Uh, I know. What kind of elevator am I in? Am I in my hospital elevator? Totally up to you. You could be on a global elevator, whatever you want to say. I just like hearing okay. all the different answers. <laughs> okay. Music therapy uses music to promote the quality of life in other people, which includes, you know, communication, physical, social, mental, emotional, spiritual, all these different things. But it uses music to access those parts of their brain or connect them with other people. There Wonderful. <laughs> awesome. Something that is currently adding value to your life sunshine yeah <laughs> I thrive on sunshine and that's one reason why I moved to where I am now um so I think sometimes it takes 
well, I don't know. It took me kind of a long time to figure out some things in my life. And I know for certain that I need to be in a place that has sunshine. So thankfully I'm there. Good for you. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> we kind of went over this, but if you want to reiterate or share another one, your favorite self-care practice. I'm torn between yoga and meditation. Yeah. <laughs> I think for me, meditation does the most, but it's also the hardest, harder mm-hmm. to do than yoga. Um, so I'm going to go with meditation. Yeah. Yep. It is a toughie, <laughs> which is why it's so important that we do it, right? <laughs> yes, that's true. Your favorite intervention or song to use in a session, and you can also twist that to the favorite course you've taught or... Um, any way you want to turn that for your own experience. Hmm. Okay. Can I answer both ways? <laughs> okay. So since I'm working with mental health right now, um, my favorite thing to do lately is songwriting, but I don't just do songwriting with them at first because everyone freaks out. Like I can't write a song, you know? So <laughs> we do, I take a song that they already know and then do the fill in the blank thing where I select words and they change them and they work together as a group to do it. And I love doing that because it not only gets out like what they're going through at the moment, but it helps they work together as a team. And then they, every single time they are so proud of what they have done. And they're just like, oh, we made a song and they want everybody that, you know, in the building to hear it. It's just, it's really cool. I like that. The response to that. Um, as far as a course, <clears throat> I'm going to say there was only one course in my life that I haven't really enjoyed teaching, which then turned into being one of my favorite courses to teach. <laughs> so, actually, my favorite course to teach is Music's Influence on Behavior. Um, but my other favorite, the course that I did not like teaching at first and now is my favorite is Psychological. People call it different things, psychological applications or something like that. But like basically how music influences you and the different uses of music throughout society and all of that. So that's now one of my favorites. I think it's really important in today's world because we're like so bombarded by music all the time and we don't even realize it. Um, Sometimes we don't even realize it's going on and we're like there in the room and it's happening. Um, So we're just so bombarded by it all the time. So I think I really enjoy looking at how music affects people, especially in those moments, you know, where they're not realizing it. So, yeah, good one. And the last one is where can listeners find you and connect with you? And so I'll put all the World Federation stuff, but if there's anything uh, of yours personally that you want to add, I will link those as well. So, where can people connect with you? Okay. Well, I'm on all the social media things, of course. <laughs> um, but you know what I've been doing a lot lately is utilizing LinkedIn. I've been on LinkedIn, and I always thought, what is the purpose of this site? <laughs> so <laughs> within the last year, I have discovered its purpose for myself. Um, so I'm on LinkedIn, um, Anita Swanson, and then, of course, I'm on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Those are the main ones. So, yeah. Awesome. What's your purpose for LinkedIn, can I ask? Because I don't understand it. I know. It seems so weird. Connecting with other people. Yeah. (laughs) That's essentially my entire life. It's all about connecting. Um, So, yeah, I always thought, well, this is so weird. Basically, I thought, you know, we can just do this on Facebook. But on LinkedIn, I connect with a lot of people in different professions. And so that's really helpful to get their perspective. Like, what does this person who does um, strategic analysis 
you know, what are they doing with their life? You know, and what things are they posting? And like, oh, well, that's really interesting. I wouldn't have known about that, you know. So <clears throat> I like that connecting with people in from different countries, but also from different professions. So awesome. That's good food for thought. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for making the time to be on the show and for sharing all the awesome stuff that's going on globally. And um, I'll release this, like I said, in time for all the listeners to get involved in the celebration on March 1st. All right. Thanks so much. It's so good to see you. You too. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. feeling really energized and informed after that conversation to hear all the awesome things that are going on globally with music therapy and also the resources that are available to you online. There's so many music therapists and organizations putting out content each week, each month for us to consume, and it's easy for things to get lost in all the commotion. So it's great to have some of those things highlighted. And thank you so much, Anita, for telling us about some of your favorite things so that we can all find them as well. If you are enjoying this episode and check out their website and find something, a resource that was not mentioned, then head on over to our Facebook group and let us know so that we can all find more of these resources, these inspirational blog posts and other ways to connect with people and all the other amazing things that are going on online. And this episode will come out, like I said, earlier than I initially intended so that we can all be aware of and get involved in the celebration on March 1st of World Music Therapy Day. So check out the link in the show notes for all of those things. Get involved with the photo contest. Um, repost things on social media, whatever you're comfortable with, and take the advantage to be acknowledged for your work in whatever capacity you are working in. So mention it to your boss, mention it to the parents of the clients you work with, just enjoy the opportunity, the excuse to celebrate what we're doing because the days can just go by uh, without us taking the time to take a step back and really recognize all the value we are adding to the world. So I applaud you all. I'm not going to physically applaud because the clapping will probably hurt your ears. (laughs) But pat on the back, applaud to you for everything you're doing and keep up the good work. As promised, here is our Facebook review for the week. This one comes from Julie Martin. Hey, Julie. The conversations are so natural and the interviewees really express their passion. It can be heard in their voices. There is always a takeaway, no matter the topic. Thank you so much for those kind words, Julie. That is my goal, that when you guys listen to these episodes, it is a conversation. It's a nice, casual, relaxing thing for you to listen to, but also that you have something you can practically apply to your life, to your practice, um, to whatever area you feel like you just need some more inspiration in. And also... As always, connect with the other listeners. You can do that by finding us on social media, by joining our Facebook group. Reach out and be a guest yourself. You can do that by sending an email to feedback at musictherapychronicles.com. And finally, become a patron over on patreon.com. That link is always in the show notes. And patrons have the exclusive opportunity to ask 
guest questions. So if there's a guest you really want on the show, let me know. And if there are lots of guests guests you have heard from that you wish you could have asked questions to, you have the opportunity to do that in the future. Also, I'm going to plug the Facebook group one more time because I have some exciting ideas for a celebration of the 50th episode of the show. So please join the Facebook group so you're up to date and involved in that. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning into the show and I'll see you in the next one. <laughs>